0: Hello and welcome to the All Terrain podcast brought to you by the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland. My name is Matt White and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way they'll make four choices and answer four questions. In this episode, our guest is Captain Richard Bradbury. Richard is currently the Undersecretary for South Asia at the Salvation Army's International Headquarters in London. He, along with his wife Heidi and their two children, have recently returned to the UK, having previously served the Salvation Army in Bangladesh, Kenya and Zambia. It was such a pleasure to catch up with Richard, and I promise you, this is an episode you do not want to miss. Let's get straight into it. Hello, Richard. Welcome to the All-Train Podcast. Hello. Thank you. So we've known each other for a very, very long time. I think it's probably 18 years since we met in Chelmsford. Wow, that's a long time. It's a really long time, isn't it? And of course, since then, you have gone on to uh, do lots of things. I've stayed in Chelmsford. Uh, you have not. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it briefly. Not. No, in the intro. But um, so I think you went to, uh, I think I'm right. Let me know if I've got this right. I think you went to Zambia first to work at Chicken Cata. That's that right. right. Yeah. I just Five years in Zambia, was it? Well, wow. we, came,
1: we came back for a couple of years okay. to London for a couple of years, and then we went to Kenya.
0: And then to Kenya, and then from Kenya yeah. to Bangladesh.
1: And then back to London.
0: Wow, how long, yeah, you in, how long were you in Kenya for?
1: For seven years. Seven wow. years, yeah. Wow.
0: Uh, you're married to Heidi. We both married Danish ladies, which is a, always a yeah. good choice, I would say. And, and you've got two children as well, don't you? You've got uh, two kids. How old are they yeah.
1: now? uh one is 13 one is 11 luke is 13 and neve is 11 so yeah one is born in zambia one in in the uk so uh
0: oh, yeah and a very you've been they've been as well which has been quite a remarkable adventure yeah. for them i guess as yeah. well
1: yeah it's been fantastic it's been great to travel with them and see all the different cultures through mm. your own eyes through other people's eyes but also through your children's eyes as yeah. well yeah which brings a whole new perspective onto. Two things, you know, and also to kind of cross cultural work or intercultural work so yeah it's been a great experience to have them with us a real adventure
0: yeah well I imagine they are going to come up a bit as well because I know from talking to you and from reading uh, the stuff you put out as well I know that it really has been a family adventure so I imagine a lot of your answers will yeah. be for you but also I guess from what you've learned and experienced as a as a family because yeah. like you say these things are never just yeah one person or two you really have done all of this as a as a unit so that's yeah I can't wait to hear more about it now before we get into the questions uh, we've got to do our first two choices so as a man who has travelled far and wide, where are we going on our hypothetical yeah. hike?
1: Right. Well, there's loads of places mm. I would have loved to take you, new map. But the one I landed on, I've landed on is a place in Kenya. Okay. So we have to get a a kind of a, a, a car down there and then we're gonna get out of the car. Yeah. We're gonna get into Safari vehicle. I mean. Yeah. And we're, gonna, we're gonna go through the savannah and yeah. you'll see all these elephants in Amboseli National Park. Wow. But at the middle of uh, Amboseli National Park, there's this beautiful, it, it is amazing, it's just a hill, and it's one hill, and so we're going to climb that hill together, Matt, up to the top, and you can see just savannah, you can see elephants, wow. you can see Mount Kilimanjaro, you can you can just see for miles, and uh, wow. so the walk is quite short, maybe only half an hour, Good 40 for minutes. Perfect,
0: that's my perfect kind um, of walk.
1: But we're going we're gonna to stay and watch and look out for a long time and then come back down and chat. Wow. It's, a, it's an amazing place. It's the most fantastic place I've been in the world, really my favourite place.
2: Wow. So
1: uh, just it, to be able to see for miles yeah. is just the most phenomenal thing, just such beauty. Oh. It's literally one of those places where you go and you just go, wow. Like you say.
0: Sounds incredible. Sounds absolutely incredible. Of course, you've been there as well. I mean, I always say yeah. to people when we yeah. do these that um, one of the things I do after we record it is I always end up going away and googling it just to kind of see because I'm always fascinated. Yeah. But that one sounds incredible. It just sounds, yeah, one yeah. of those places okay. you must see. Amazing.
1: I mean, it's a country of contrasts as mm. well, obviously, but the the natural beauty there is stunning. I think you can lose sight of that sometimes when you see some of the um, some of the kind of man made mess that's there in yes. a sense. But um, yeah country and uh, wildlife history mm. beaches mm. um oh you know scenery just everything it's yeah. quite everything Amazing. well worth the visit That's an advert for the uh, I know tourism you've, you've done very the well there. i mean
0: if, if can you yeah. make it to the semi-finals of the next world cup you'll be <laughs> getting a text about that as well you'll be there in the stands um, now who's coming with us so you're allowed one living one dead one fictional who's coming on our walk
1: well i'm gonna bring with us a gentleman who is probably not very well known but he's well known in kenya mm. you know, when i was growing when i was a kind of teenager and a student i was always wanting to be an activist and even now i want to be much more of an activist um than i actually am mm. and um you know i only went i've only ever been on one protest and uh my main protest was against the poll tax mm. or the community charge to give its proper name when i was a student and um And I I didn't pay it. I was a student and I refused to pay it. I was was, was so against it. And eventually it started to impact on my bank account. And um, at the end of it, all my parents for my Christmas one year paid the bill for me and said, this is your Christmas. But I was quite relieved in a sense because it got me out of a a difficult situation. But I've always wanted to be an activist. And there's a gentleman in Kenya called um, Boniface Mwangi and that uh, he is just a person that is just um, just more than caring about his own situation. He's looking mm-hmm. out. He, he's he's unpopular with everybody, mm-hmm. uh, but but always kind of rabble rousing, you know, questioning things. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I and one of his mottos was "Speak courage fluently." Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always thought, what a great motto that is: "Speak courage fluently to so stand up for those things." that, you know you look around and when people only care about their own situation, then the 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 injustices of the world become much more systemic mm-hmm. and much more deep rooted mm-hmm. so so people like Boniface that stand up for other people often that they nobody else will will think about mm-hmm. um to me i I would like to uh i I'd, I'd like to have a walk with him I'd like to know oh, where yeah. he gets his courage from. Um, where you know, how he chooses what he goes after. Mm-hmm. And you know, I also think that probably Jesus was like that, a bit mm-hmm. of a rabble rouser, mm-hmm. always kinda of winding up policy makers, the mm-hmm. decision makers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not afraid to kind of upset the I don't know, the hierarchical um apple cut in a sense. yeah mm-hmm. uh, So yeah, I'm gonna take boniface but I've never met the guy before, I've read his books but it sounds like an interesting yeah. guy i reckon we have done a good fascinating.
0: chat fascinating yeah excellent okay yeah. so uh, so one dead one fictional who else is coming
1: so um the dead guy that's coming with me is a guy called john smith mm-hmm. who was a labor the labor leader mm. um, in the 1990s i think and he kind of sparked my interest in social justice mm. issues um, he was um, he was kind of from a stable of politicians in Scotland at the time of people like Donald Dewar and Robin Cook and George Robertson, who when I was growing up in Scotland were voices that I was listening to. Mm. And, and I think he was one of the people that was able to bridge the gap between kind of sides that were divided mm. and without compromising on his principles. Mm. And so I think what really struck me about him as a young student and a young guy growing up was this idea that he was able to kind of balance his political outlook and his spiritual outlook. And that kind of resonated with mm. me. Uh, you know, I think he he kind of managed this almost this social gospel of
2: mm.
1: his human, every life, his political life and his spiritual life. And he kind of tangled them up together mm. and, um, to me, he kind of saw—I don't know—Christianity as part of the solution rather than the problem. Many mm. people today look at things and say, you know, that religion or Christianity causes what problems and issues. But he saw it as part of the solution. So mm. he, to me, he was a really interesting guy and really kind of sparked my interest in politics mm. and whole host of things. So I think
0: I'd take him with me. Yeah, that would be fascinating to find out more about that. And I also didn't know he—he—he he rec- he was bringing faith to politics. I didn't know that side of his life. I'd, I'd love to know more about him. That's, yeah. that's fascinating. And and finally, our fictional yeah. character.
1: Well, listen, I grappled with this because I, I'd love to come and see, look, if I was taking a fictional character, mm. I've got to go with uh, Black Panther, T'Challa. Yeah. Um, because I saw the premiere of Black Panther in Kenya and what an amazing experience no. that was. You know, there was whooping, there was cheering, wow. there was all kinds of things going on. So uh, yeah, I'd probably go with T'Challa from Black Panther, but the other person that I'd if I could just sneak in one other on, person. On. You know, that there was one other person that I'd like to bring. And um I I got quite friendly with a family that lived in in what's called locally in Kenya as the slums, the informal settlements. Mm. Of, uh, of Nairobi in Kabira, and I went to visit this family once we ran a nursery there brilliant, like brilliant place ran a nursery and so as part of running that nursery I would make a point of going to visit everybody mm. um, the nursery kids once a month once or twice a month try and visit them all with the head teacher we'd try and go to their house and I remember sitting in this house once and uh and saying to these kids uh what do you want to be when you grow up and uh we're sitting in the most unimaginable squalor Mm -hmm. um, you know like I can't even begin to describe it you Mm -hmm. know and this one of them said to me uh, I'd like to be a pilot and the other one said to me I'd like to be a teacher Mm -hmm. so that's just like so they're kind of fictional those pilot and those teachers Mm -hmm. that pilot and that teacher so I'd like to bring them along with me Mm -hmm. once they've kind of gotten into reality Mm -hmm. you know so I thought it's just amazing dreams and you know mm. i went to my kids after i said that and said look i've been to see these kids today what do you want to be when you grow on one of those like captain america or something <laughs> like that but you know to have yeah kind of grand dreams
0: yeah
1: uh if they were kind of fictional because they're dreams at the moment but yeah. i'd love the reality of those to come with me if that makes sense
0: yeah that's wonderful yeah you know. really wonderful and um, now the of yeah. course every guest on the altering podcast answers the same four questions and the first one yeah is how do you face change? And normally that's all I say. Normally I say, how do you face change and leave it? But something you wrote um, online on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, it it absolutely caught my eye. And I I wanted to share it if that's okay. Because I think when we talk about change, often people then take us into their story. But I want to give people a bit of context about where you are right now. You wrote this on Facebook. As the second half of the year commences, I've taken time to reflect these last few days. The last six months have been a time of monumental change for us. In this time, I've been stranded at the Danish border, grounded in the UK for a month, returned to Bangladesh for three months without my family, and undertaken 10-day hotel quarantine in two different countries. By the way, I saw the pictures of some of the food in that. You deserve a medal. Um, (laughs) On on top of that, Heidi and I have changed rules. said the best farewells we could in the circumstances to our precious colleagues in Bangladesh, and are now getting to know our new colleagues at IHSU in London. We've packed our house in Bangladesh in a weekend, moved into a temporary flat in Chislehurst, awaiting a move to a more permanent home. The kids have undertaken online schooling in two countries, changed school and finally returned to the classroom after over a year at home, and we've got to see our family again after almost 2 years apart. Richard, how do you face change? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's always very messy. Wow. It's always very messy. But if you uh, if you travel with the Bradburys or you hook up with the Bradburys at any point, you become part of our mess. Yeah. So, um no, I think that for me there are kind of um, two or three things. If I think about my family,
2: mm.
1: the way one of the ways that I would embrace change with our family, and we've done over the years, is try and be creative in transition. Mm. So you know, just uh, you know, kind of head on face things, try and make it as interesting. Um, just embracing the culture. Mm. Um, so we, we've tried to be creative in that transition you know mm. so even in this time you know we've done lots of things together we've had uh, all kinds of experiences mm. you know around us so i think that's one of the things mm. um, but, but most of my my roles over the last kind of you know 17 18 years of being overseas have been wrapped up in change mm. um but but maybe not my change but change of kind of communities or Mm. um the the, i don't know the the situations that i found myself in and i think one of the things that i would say is that i am one of these people that wants to go into change head on Mm -hmm. head it off um i get frustrated when things don't move fast Mm -hmm. i'm happy to work with change but i think just um taking a step back when uh, especially when you're in another culture um adopting this stance of listening and learning Mm. um you know I think not not judging and that's Mm. been one of my rules for like you if you look at life in generally what I've seen when I go around places is that generally the strong judge the weak and so um you know being that person that tries not to judge Mm. um and I mean I could go on forever about you know how change comes from the margins and uh you know and essentially somebody once said that the research and development department of the global church is the people on the margins Mm. you know so i think that just taking a step back just taking time to listen and to learn i've had to learn the history of the places where i've been because Mm we have one perspective on history here, but it's not the same perspective on the same event as the countries where I've been in, you know, Mm. our, our memory, our teaching of an event or a period is, is completely different to the places where I've been in Their their memory and recalling of the same history Mm. is not the same. So you have to, you know, I have to learn the history and and how people remember things, Mm. I think so. Um, I think for me it's just taking that time to step back and to mm. learn and listen, adopting that stance of learning.
0: I, I wanna ask you about all those years ago now, you you go to Zambia, so you you move there to work at Chicken Kata Hospital, and I guess now, you know, a, a whole other country and then a whole other continent later.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How do you think the way you entered Zambia? Is different right. to the way you entered Bangladesh, or indeed you re-enter the UK this time around. What have you? What is the? What would you say are the biggest differences to how you face a change like that these days?
1: Right. I mean, that's a huge question for me, Matt, and one that I'm probably a little bit embarrassed to answer. Mm. Um, when I went to Zambia, my stance would be: I've got all these problems to fix, mm. you know, and I can fix them, and I can mobilize my people my friend and you know yeah. we're gonna fix fix what what's not right here or what needs to be fixed mm. and i would say that there's kind of on the cultural issues there's there were feelings of of defensiveness i guess of uh knowing better and mm. you know having all the answers so i think that that was a very clumsy insensitive way of entering a culture and mm. i think uh you know, hopefully now that, um, you know, moved on from that, that actually, I think, you know, that the solutions come from within, you know, and my job is to facilitate and connect. Mm. That's all. The answers are already there. The, the, the communities that we work in, in, in Kenya and Zambia, are hugely resilient. Mm. The, the strengths that you will find there are unbelievable, so I think for me just kind of taking that step back again mm. and recognizing that actually you know I don't come with all the answers in mm. fact I don't come with any of the answers mm. and uh, and really it's just really to connect and uh and facilitate and um you know I we had a, a great phrase in uh, in Kenya, I had on my wall on the Kenya for our team and that was let the locals be the heroes. Mm. So I would say I entered Ken in, uh, Zambia as uh, thinking that I was gonna be the hero mm. and uh, entered Kenya with this motto in my mind that let the locals be the heroes. They're the ones that are there, they're the ones with the strengths. Mm. And um, as I say, our job really is just to connect and facilitate and journey with people, this idea of company and people, mm um on their journey as well that was a huge difference for me as I say I look back on my time in Zambia I'm a little bit embarrassed sometimes mm. of how we did react you know mm. at the start and, uh, yeah so uh it's been a huge a huge learning curve for mm. me
0: yeah, well I think that's interesting isn't it I mean I think the the language you used there when you talked about going to Zambia thinking you were the hero and going to to Kenya realizing that the heroes were we're there already, and, and understanding, I guess, how you raise people up, how you release them. How do you think for you, for Heidi, for the kids, how are you facing this change in this moment?
1: Well, I think I think um, at this moment, I mean, in, in some senses, I'm struggling at this moment mm. because, if, if I'm being entirely honest, you you, you, you know, I, in the heat of being overseas and the purpose that you have there, mm. um, you know, coming back, and it's a much it's a much calmer, it's a much uh, uh, easier, I don't know what you would say, pace, mm. if you like, you know, and some of the cultural things are, are very, you know, in the forefront of my mind. So if I go to the shop at the moment, whenever I look at things, I'm not thinking in pounds sterling, I'm thinking in school fees, mm. you know, how, how you know, that CD is, or whatever is 15 pounds people don't buy cds now i was about to say you you can know, tell tell you've been away 15... for 18
0: years who's buying a cd <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh,
1: <laughs> 15 pounds well that's that's a term um, school fees for for somebody mm, you know so mm, those kind of things mm, are, and the dissonance is uh is really there but i think throughout the time it's who you journey with and at the moment i'm you know i'm working alongside um three people who are who are living my experience mm. in bangladesh and kenya they're all from india and so they are now transplanted into uh into the uk and it's it's who you journey with at mm. the end of the day that's where the peace that's where the joy comes from if well, our life is in in essence my or well, certainly mine has always been in this kind of constant state of transition many mm. people's are it's not it's not just this an event here. You know, we're, we're in this constant pace of change. Mm. But it's who you're with, peace and the joy. And I'm here with my family. Mm. I'm here with uh, with uh, these guys from India that I work alongside. Mm. And so at the moment, the peace and the joy and the, the, the purpose comes from journeying with them, I think.
0: Yeah. How do you face change? Well, you talked right at the start about doing it creatively for you and your family. Yeah. You talked about the people who've yeah. come to be with you. Now here you're back again, and, and again, like you say, yeah, change yeah. and and who you're with seems really important. Yeah. the The second question uh, is how do we move through suffering? and And we've talked a little right at the top of the podcast about some of the places and some of the things you've seen that you find almost almost impossible to describe in words. So I, I I'm assuming that some yeah. of the suffering you've encountered in these places has been incredibly deep and and will never leave you. How do you and how have you seen people move through suffering?
1: I think the first thing I would say is that you know when when kind of I guess before I went to Zambia I would see suffering as kind of events that happened from time to time Mm. in my life Mm. Um, you know I might go through this period of suffering and then come out for a long period of time and Mm. then and I think you know of course there are people that are in you know, that's not the rhythm, but for, I think from a lot of people, that's how they see suffering as mm. kind of events. Um, whereas I think, um, what, what I, you know, I felt from being overseas is that, um, life is hard for a lot of people eh? Mm. Um, and should not be kind of surprised by that. We mm. shouldn't be, shouldn't stop being surprised. And, uh, I think for a lot of people that is just, the pattern of their life hmm. that they're, you know, there's, and, and also, I think, especially in living in, in, in Africa, many of the African people live in community, like, like, we don't know, in some hmm. senses. So when you give yourself to a community, when you embrace a community, when you participate in that community, then, then suffering and grief becomes part of your, your everyday life. Hmm um and so learning to live with that mm. is 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 really is really important mm. so you know i mean I, I, there's on there's been what i would say but again is that there's only one or two places where i've been where it's been hopeless mm. it's really felt hopeless even though there was suffering mm. there was also hope mm. um and and that's not to say that you know anything that good That comes from from suffering, kind of negates the pain or outweighs the injustice. Mm. Mm. But I've always kind of felt that in 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 some most of the places I've been, there's always been some glimmer of hope for people. So catching hold of that
2: Mm.
1: has um, also been important. As I say, I think very few places. I mean, like walking through the, the 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 refugee camp for the people. Um, displaced from Myanmar the Rohingya people was was um, was probably one of the worst things I've witnessed not the the actual physical conditions were not actually all that bad in some senses compared to some of the slums of Nairobi mm. but just the hopelessness of that situation you know is just, uh, was just was uh, just un- unbearable in some senses so that has been difficult to to move through and you know how you get out of that, I
0: don't know. I think for so many of us who have never experienced that, we easily fall back on the kind of the platitudes or the song lyrics or the uh, hastily removed from the Bible's context, Bible passages that, that yeah. might bring us, that might, we we in that moment would go, oh yes, but don't you yeah. know, Richard, he's a way maker. Right. I, I guess for many of yeah. us, we we don't, we won't have experienced that. Put into words, what it feels like for you, a man of faith, someone who has seen hope in really dark places that many of us would never, how in those moments of where you experience hopelessness, how does that feel or how does that manifest or how? what is the difference between that and a place like you talked about in Nairobi or or any of those places where I might walk in and go, man, this feels hopeless. What's the difference between those two things?
1: I I mean, I think You know, you walk around, uh, just using the Bangladeshi Mm. context, the refugee camp, and there are children literally with no clothes on. And people are being fed the same meal every day. So you go and pick up your food bag or your food for the next couple of days, Mm. but it's the same food for the Mm. same day. Children are not allowed to go to school. Mm. Um, Bangladesh was... um, unbelievably hospitable mm. to those people who are fleeing from um, you know unbelievable in a way that puts us to shame mm. uh, uh, you know really does put us to shame in a sense but also with restrictions that mm. you know they, they, you know they're trying to manage that situation and, mm. uh, and so I think um, you know as I say I think just this idea that um, people are living their lives in suffering you mm. know um, is is to me was just very painful to watch mm. and you know we kind of like you say trot off verses Matthew 25 clothing the naked and what but there are literally people that are naked mm. in those refugee camps so those verses and that perspective come through very you know there are mm. verses that we actually say mm. and this was a challenge to me mm. there are verses that we actually say as a kind of metaphorical mm. approach but actually for some people they are literal wow. um you know um so i i don't know i'm not i'm not a great preacher I'm i'm not a great theologian but for me you know having safe water having a light in your house mm. having clothes um you know all those things um and you know kind of being free from I don't know, early childhood marriage mm. and um, female genital mutilation, mm. being free from those things. Mm. To me, that's all part and parcel of having life and having life in all its fullness. Yeah, And so, you know, we're kind of trying to see the Bible within that perspective, mm. I think, brings new meaning to it in a real sense. Mm. One of the other things that I would say, though, is that Moving through suffering like that, it gives us time to pause. It gives us time to think. It gives us challenge, and uh, I think that's uh, you know moving with people has really given given me time to just sit and think about many many things.
0: Well, that that's my next question: is you know how have those experiences changed the way that you move through suffering? Because you're not immune from it. You know, we I, I say it often, but yeah. suffering is not a competition. You know so the suffering that, no. that someone who's listening to this right now that in the context of a refugee yeah. camp in the context of 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 poverty all of those things might feel very small actually the reality is that suffering for all of us occurs so for you in the suffering that you experience in your life and with your with your family and and, and for you as Richard how have these experiences changed the way you move through suffering personally
1: well I I think there's a there's a few things there if to unpack that i think um one of the things that i've noticed about suffering especially in many of the places where there's community is um people simply show up you know it's like we used to we used to say in chicken kata it was the ministry of sitting around (laughs) so like it's just like people just show up you know so somebody so i see that in the refugee camp yeah you see it in the slums that if somebody's in trouble or some, people show up and, you know, in mm. Zambia, if the, somebody had died, we would always just go round to the house. Mm. The women would go in the house, the men would make a fire and um, we'd just sit round. And some mm. of the, the best kind of conversations I've had in my life have been sitting around the fire at a funeral house. Mm. So I think for me, when, when we move through suffering, we've got to show up that makes sense we've mm. just got to be present we've got to be in the moment and we've got to be ready to face it head on and mm. and, and, and yeah just sit around mm. just be with people mm. i think that's uh this whole idea of with of journeying together of yeah. accompanying people i think to me is very strong yeah the The other thing that i've learned actually is singing um you know in 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 africa singing is an amazing um, it's an amazing kind of healing balm, if you like, mm. a su- soothing balm. And so uh, you could sit at funeral houses. In the most, I, I remember once we went to this funeral house, this lady had one child and she had died of HIV age. She was 10, the child. And I can still remember her now carrying her to the hospital where we worked. And just the, the wailing of mm. the sound, the, the lamenting sound almost yeah. of, of her voice and then we're at her house at night and we're sitting around and and just all all you know the the high school choir walking to her house singing on the way wow. the the nursing school the students coming to her house they just literally came they stood there and they sang
2: mm.
1: and um went you know and then went away so and that was to me it was just the that you know the the powerfulness of music in that situation mm. um was just heavenly and 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 you know this idea that we we all got a song in the salvation army they shall come from the east they shall mm. come from the west and sit down in the kingdom of god and i actually experienced that in that suffering moments of suffering yeah five or six years ago i was driving in the north of kenya and the car that i was driving in mm. it rolled over about mm. three or four times and um I, we myself and the driver were both both um kind of unconscious. I woke up first and I was trying to shake him. And um it's a long story, lots of little miracles mm-hmm. along the way. I ended up in the hospital in Nairobi. I remember absolutely nothing about what anybody said to me that day. But one of the the Salvation Army officers, a lady from Zimbabwe, came and sat at my bedside and she just sang. I know he cares for you, for you. I know he cares for you. That's the only thing I can remember apart from the car crash. Wow. So I think this kind of whole, uh, you know, we get wrapped up in trying to say things and think things and whatever, but sometimes it's just the simplicity of singing that stays with people, I think. And that, that's very strong in Africa.
0: But, but also the link there of also just the, the, the showing up, right? Someone has to show up to sing yeah. that song. It's not someone sending you a link yeah. to, a, to a YouTube, song um, that i think you know i heard yeah. this and it spoke to me for you it's it's the physical yeah. turning up and man the ministry of sitting around is definitely my spiritual gift i wish someone had told me that when yeah. i was you know 17 <laughs> i might have caught it because i think yeah. that, you know that's incredibly powerful incredible and
1: i think yeah you know, just in those moments what we learned was empathy authenticity solidarity those things yeah. can't be faked you can't yeah. there's many things that you can take, but in moments of suffering you you can't take them
0: oh. Yeah, you can't yeah, you can't fake that stuff. Whew. You can't.
1: There's a lot of things when you live in another culture you can fake. Yes. There is there's a lot of things that you can bluff. Yes. And um and I've done that, believe me. <laughs> but those things you can't. You can't.
0: Wow. The third choice. We were just talking about singing a few moments ago. So, yeah. uh what would be on the playlist? What's in your ears as we as we look out oh. over the savannah? What what's in your what's in your playlist right now?
1: Man, it's like the most bizarre mix of music you're ever gonna hear. I imagine you've got your C D
0: Walkman with you. Your C D Walkman will be there I've got just my
1: Walkman, <laughs> uh, Sony, Sony Walkman. And um I've got a bit of I, I love big band music. I love swing yeah, music. Lovely. And uh, so I've got a bit of that. I've got a bit of nineties, eight, eighties music. Okay. Um, I'm a child of the eighties. Okay. So that's got to be in there.
0: Give me, give me a, give me a specific, is there a, is there a band? Is there a track? What are we talking about when you say the eighties?
1: Um, well, you know, a bit of, a bit of Queen, bit nice. of Elton John, nice. you know, those kind okay. of things. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I grew up in Scotland, so yeah. heavily influenced by kind of Scottish bands. And so, um, I'm going to take a bit of Simple Minds.
0: Lovely. And,
1: uh, Deacon Deacon Blue. I don't know if yeah, uh, you yeah, know yeah, them. Yeah. Deacon Blue. Uh, I'm going. To, I'm going to go with Deacon Blue, and, okay. and, and I mean, I love Deacon Blue. And again, what you know, Ricky Ross, who's who's one of the guys in that group, mm. he's got a real sensitivity for the sacred spaces, mm. and so I've off this one song in particular for him that's called "Take Me to the Place," which is not a well-known. It was a B-side mm. of one of his. Uh, singles when singles were released again
0: (laughs) (laughs) literal b-side you had to turn the tape uh... over turn the tape right over to the (laughs) b-side
1: yeah but something that talked a lot about pain and Mm. and sorrow and Mm. anger and frustration it was almost a lament Mm. but kind of somehow managed to bring us back to a place of hopefulness and grace and i've listened Mm. to that a lot while well, I've been away, take me to the place, you know, and just reminding me that there's something deeply soothing about the presence of Jesus, and that the kind of under, it's based on a him abide with me, so the kind of mm. under him, if you like, is abide with me, and he's mm. kind of put his own words, not, not the same tune, mm. not the same melody, mm. um, it's kind of I don't know. Mashed up. Is that what, so I don't know. A, really... I mean, I mean, that's way
0: trendier than any phrase I would try to use, but you go for <laughs> I it. I mean, I'm going but to I've leave it. with teenage
1: you. teenage kids, so i um, I've got teenage kids. I mean, that so makes I'm it also, worse. If they hear this, yeah. you say the phrase mashed know, up, you'll never I live know. it down. <laughs> I know, but I'm going to, and I'm going to take some Stormzy with me just that, uh, because that seems to be playing in our car a lot. Okay. And I'm, I'm trying to uh, learn to
0: love it as well. So question number three, how do you receive joy?
1: well you know when i um when i lived in, the, in in zambia there was actually a a drink actually a a drink called joy juice mm. and i thought there's um there's a lot of people that could do with a bottle of joy juice <laughs> but i think um it's uh spending time with people obviously mm. who bring me joy i mm. think that's um that's important to me is that you know, I I I have a lot of friends, some of whom are very funny
2: mm.
1: and uh, bring me a lot of joy. There's a great um, a Swahili phrase that says "haraka haraka baraka," which means kind of slow down, don't go so fast because you miss the blessings along the way. Wow. And I think for me, just slowing down, you know, I think. I think sometimes we're we're kind of at danger of missing the the joyful stuff in our lives. we get so hooked up on it that some of those being present in the moment, mm. being there, our family, mm. you know walking, listening mm. to music, laughing at I love listening to my son make
2: jokes,
1: mm. you know, so just laughing at his jokes, um watching my daughter's films with her like last night, I came home from work. And we're watching Mean Girls 2 together, which is a terrible film. But such joy from sitting yeah. down with her and yeah. hearing her chuckle and then having, again, having all kinds of conversations. Mm. So I think it's, um, it's just the simple things now. Uh, mm. It's just that but making sure that we, you know, we, we slow down, haraka, haraka, haina, baraka, that we take time, that we don't miss the, you know, we're always in a hurry to get mm. somewhere else, mm. always in a hurry to be on our phone or on a social media, always mm. in a hurry to, uh, to get somewhere else, whatever, mm. but actually slowing down and sitting down and watching those films. And, um, you know, in, in Kenya, we would, we couldn't, we couldn't go to the cinema so often. This is what I'm saying about, being creative and transition Mm. so we'd simply get a sheet we'd put it over the garage door we'd get the projector out and we'd have our own uh, Mm. sat and sit in the garden and have our own little film night and Mm. those things you know when i look back it is just the simple things that that bring joy
0: you've served the Salvation army on three continents different countries you have seen so many things how are you now in in this new phase so back in london you know, you've you've talked about it, phones are back, you can you can sort of go to the cinema when you want, you can this you know you can watch anything at any time. All of those things that, that you now have, I guess, a, a slightly different outlook and, and and access to. Yeah. How are you going to bring those lessons you've learned into a piece in London in particular that will want to rob you of that joy? What are what are the Bradbury's gonna do?
1: Yeah, I mean I think I mean Obviously, it's easy to say that you know we're going to be intentional about doing things, but mm. you 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 get distracted
0: mm.
1: by those things. But I am going to try and be intentional. You know, we're going to take every opportunity that we have to to do stuff where we are now. Mm. Um, I think, um, yeah, you know, like now we're the place where we are. We've been we're in a temporary flat which people that have served overseas come and use. And normally, when we've come here, we've used it as a base. Mm to kind of drop our rucksacks mm-hmm. and then rush off mm-hmm. to other places but it's a beautiful place there are just mm-hmm. so many never ever known that right behind where we live is this beautiful forest
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that moves into country parks mm-hmm. and and i'm gonna get a dog Matt. i'm gonna Ooh. get a dog
0: oh wow yeah
1: That Gonna, that's going to bring us together as a family. Wow. I mean so. I, w-
0: I was going to say I recognize the curtains behind you. My in-laws spent a little bit of time in that place. Yeah. And um and it was interesting because when they were there. My son was very little, and and I was traveling quite a bit with work at the time. And so my wife would often go and visit and spend time there. And yeah, and it was amazing the places they discovered, even in in just yeah. because just because they had a, a a smaller child there. All those things yeah. that suddenly you just you just discover. I think that's yeah. so interesting yeah. how yeah, yeah how that happens. And
1: each stage of of going through being a parent. Mm. I keep saying, oh, this is the best stage. This is the best stage. This is the best stage. You know, because, and now it is because now we're looking for skateboard parks yeah. or basketball yes. parks or, you know, we weren't looking for football matches yeah. to watch. And, yeah. you know, we were talking about music. I always yeah. remember when I was a kid, I was driving along and my uncle and my dad were sitting in the front seat of the car and my uncle turned down. It was our, our music. Cousins were in the back. Mm. It was our music. Mm. And uncle, my uncle. Turned down the music, and my dad turned it back up, <laughs> and I thought that's that's what I want to do. I yeah. want to turn the music up. You know, I want to be one yeah. of those dads that just embraces it and uh, goes with it and rolls with it. And if it yes. means I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to learn learn the rules of cricket or learn basketball yeah. or whatever yeah. and I'm going to do it.
0: I love that but I also love that 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 that's a that's an in, that's a message that passes through the generations, right? Because you do it because your dad does it. I'm sitting yeah. here th- I'm sitting at my dining room table recording tonight and yeah. and my son always gives me a hard time at the dining room table because I I'm really big on conversation and how we do that. And it's only because I remember vividly my dad if we had people round, we were at the table and and there was yeah. no kids table in our house. We were at the table yeah. to yeah. the point where I I, yeah. I can remember, I can recall sitting with my dad's boss or other people and I might've asked a question and the boss might've ignored me and started talking to my dad. And I remember my dad going, I think Matthew had a question there. Like it was that <laughs> thing of like, you know, and so now I do the same thing, yeah. but i like, but I think you're right, because I think that yeah. passes down through the generations, right? We see yeah. that. And, and and those stories yeah. bring a smile to my face, like your story of your uncle and your dad with the music. Yeah. And also, yeah, I love the idea that for our kids, for our sons and our daughters, we're doing the same thing. That time when, yeah. you know, dad didn't know the rules of cricket or tried to talk to us about Stormzy, or yeah. I made him watch yeah. Mean Girls too, You know, whatever it yeah. was, yeah. like, you know, those moments of, of real joy. And like you say, I, the slowing down just feels so pertinent, especially after a year when we've all been forced to slow down. Yeah. Like yeah, that feels yeah. like such an important an important piece of wisdom for people to try and take. Because I guess the temptation, not just for you guys having moved back here, but you know, we're in July, the announcements are being made, the world in the UK here is reopening, things are yeah. the, the temptation to rush back will be so great, but we yeah, won't
1: absolutely
0: that that you miss the blessing, right? You're gonna miss the joy if you if you're going too fast. Yeah. Okay, you got one more question, uh, but first one more yeah. choice. So now I'm I'm in two minds about this one. I've, I'll tell you, Richard. The last few episodes, we've had some pretty duff snacks, and uh, it's caused me some concerns about the snack choices right. of the guests we've invited. Now, I am intrigued by what's going to be in your snack bag because I imagine right. you have eaten some remarkable things from some remarkable places. I have. What is coming in our snack bag?
1: Well, I've I've eaten some amazing things. I've eaten some terrible <laughs> things. So. Um, i wish i'm not even gonna go there but i'm going i'm going back to my roots matt i'm sorry i'm going back to my so what it's are we not extraordinary so i'm taking some Tunnocks tea cakes yes. with me come on or some caramel
0: wafers with the coconut um, on them or just the chocolate covered ones uh
1: i don't i don't like any of them okay, at all. Fine. Just, okay, uh, good. okay we're i'm in. kind of like an unofficial sponsor for Tunnock's <laughs> product <laughs> So um <laughs> so I'm gonna bring Tonic's products with me. Yeah. and I'm gonna bring some iron brew. Yeah i mean so, uh,
0: I, I know I'm, i said you travel but secretly the reason i was so f- fascinated by this one was because i know so we, we we've been friends a long time and we've been online friends as well as real life friends yeah, which you yeah. know which is great but real life friends is better but online friends wise i know that one of your favorite things in any place you have been was receiving a cardboard box full of Absolutely. Olives, so that's what i was Absolutely. really hoping for <laughs> yeah
1: so like the kids for my birthday when mm. we were overseas if they could find a bottle of brown sauce that that would yeah. that would be me yeah. you know i mean it would cost an arm and a leg yeah, yeah, literally yeah. would yeah but that that's me but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, my my wife is enough, so so I'm, I'm glad it's you and me, because if she was coming, we'd be having to take oh, no, no. Um, less uh, kind of uh, unhealthy snacks. No, it's a, but it's I'm it's going to my bring,
0: Is people bringing, you know, boxes of almonds? and? and no, all no. Sort of, no, no one's interested no, in no. that. No, no. Well, no. I, well, I, want, <laughs> I want a Tannix tea cake. I mean, we're, we're you know, if we're going down the Celtic road as well, let's, let's get some tablet in there. Let's just yeah, have some pure sugar. Absolutely. Some absolutely, absolutely proper Scottish tablet. Absolutely. Just for this one off. you know, when
1: you're in... When you're in Kenya, you've always got your little cool box with you, so yeah. there's no need to worry about it melting oh, or anything. Lovely. We've got we've got the cool box, we just get it out and, ah, oh, fantastic. Sitting on that top of the hill, oh. iron brew, and uh, yeah, Tanax products, that's me that's it. I am for, I mean Savannah.
0: you're the last episode of this series Richard. I'm going to say you've you've ended it on the metaphorical high of being on that hill but also the very <laughs> very real high of bringing the best snacks of the series. I've called it you've brought the best snacks Thank of you. the series. I mean Thank I am so now you're on Tonics I mean you're to a winner already. I mean the episode yeah. will get edited down but this will not be. This whole conversation will stay in, in one piece. Uh very very good. I'm very happy with that. I, just, I mean you know I've got a I've got a, a lot of Scottish connections in my family so I, I like to claim it's kind of a genetic thing, but also I just really love that stuff. Yeah. It's the way to go. It's the yeah. way to go.
1: It is. And you know this, I think when you're from some of the you know countries that have got such a strong identity, mm. I, I don't know if it's the same, um, but mm. I can just take a, a sip. The first sip of Iron Brew just totally. takes me back to Glasgow. Totally. Just transports me back there.
0: But it's interesting, isn't it, that actually the ability of a flavor the ability of a of a sip of a drink or yeah. just a bite of something it's about it's about experiencing that moment of home being here, even though I'm not home, you know, there's something really beautiful about that. So, and also it it is the best snacks of the series. So congratulations, you win best snacks of the series. Uh, That's a new (laughs) award I've just instigated. I don't know what the prize is, probably some iron brew and some tonics products next time I see you, Uh, but you have won that for this one. So congratulations. Now there is one final question for you and for this series of the altering podcast. Uh, And we've touched on it throughout all of the answers, but I'm really interested in this one for you. How do you mature in service?
1: Well, for me, I would say maybe two or three things mm. The first thing is I've had to learn to be more humble mm. and even having a conversation about being humble sounds very not humble. you know it's like uh I'm the most humble person I know <laughs> everybody says so anything <laughs> uh but but I have had to learn to um to be more humble, I mm. think. You know, a a verse that's often been with me and given to me is uh, Micah 6 verse 8, you know, and it it, it talks about acting justly, it talks about loving mercy or loving kindness, Mm. and then it talks about walking humbly Mm. with God, and I think we tend to focus on the acting justly, and uh, we tend to focus on the loving mercy, Mm but i've never really thought about walking humbly until i've been overseas and sometimes sometimes it feels like acting justly is an act of courage and walking humbly is obviously an, is a, a a place of humility mm. and those two sometimes are not easy easy bedmates you know because for courage you you often have to rely on your your own strength but humility you're kind of setting that these things aside so i think having having to look at humility having a huge dose of looking at who i am you know Mm. wherever i go i bring myself with me Mm. you know so i bring with me my my prejudices my assumptions Mm. my judgments my view of history that comes with me in Mm. my my metaphorical Mm. suitcase so just also reflecting on who i am and what i am in the situation but i think um you know as i think going back to where we started really about taking time to reflect on on my own limitations on appreciating the strengths of others mm. empowering and promoting others so i i think um yeah i think having humility has been a has been a bit and then it's not just about humility because then I'm I'm torn in my mind between what's true hum- humility and what's false humility. You know, mm. when you're on this journey, it's kind of, uh, it, 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 it's kind of like always been a, a battle in my mind. What, mm. what, you know, what motive for doing this, mm. you know? Yeah. So I think that is, you know, being overseas, it's not really about what I can accomplish, but it's mm. how I live my life. Mm. Um, you know, when I arrive at a place, seeing how, how God is already at work there yes. and just being able to, to, you know, even in the the worst of situations, being able to to seek the face of Jesus in mm-hmm. the, in the people that mm-hmm. we're, we're working alongside and working with. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, having having a huge dose of uh, humility is has mm-hmm. has been has helped me to mature in Mm. service. And then I think the other thing I would say is perspective taking. I think um, being able to perspective take, I think, is a skill that's underrated and underspoken about. Mm -hmm. And um, I have matured so much through learning about other faiths, and particularly in the Mm. time in Bangladesh, where we've lived in a majority Muslim country. You know, the Christians there are like 0.3% of the population so learning about other faiths and Mm. learning how those other faiths can bring a better and a different perspective of the bible Um, and and that's been exceedingly meaningful to Mm. me you know so some of the stuff i remember having a conversation i was i was speaking at a church once and i noticed all these people that would come in after we spoke and then would leave before the end and and obviously they were living culturally mm. as uh muslims but but you know having an interest in in mm. christianity and uh we we I talked to this lady about um some of the stories in the bible and and then just went home and read the story of nicodemus who kind of sneaks up to jesus in the night and gets a bad name for it you know mm. can you know he's not he's not kind of a, a biblical, di- a Bible giant, mm. you know, because he seems to be kind of sneaking mm. up in darkness a little bit, but when you see that happening in real life, mm. it, it really, um, it, it really kind of brings the Bible to life in a mm. different way, um, but also, I think, um, you know, many of my friends in bangladesh were were muslims and just being able to celebrate with them in yes. their festivals yes. and um during madame we would break the fast together yeah. and uh then i would find that Eid that we'd start to get presents yeah and then and then christmas time we we you know lots of our friends who are i know missionaries from particularly from america would say or this is our time to to tell our story, and I'm like, no, I'm not giving a present because I want to tell the story of yes. uh, of, of Christianity. I want to give a present here because these are my friends, yes. and um, you know, I, I want to do it out of love, out from mm. a place of humility, from mm. a place of learning, mm. and because we've shared we've shared together. So I think that mm. yeah, having a different perspective on the Bible. Mm. Um, we explore our faith kind of in in relationship with somebody who thinks differently, who experiences God mm. in a different way, I think for me i've it's just been such a rich experience, mm. and I've matured, and people have helped me to mature from other faiths as mm. well.
0: Uh, yeah, just I love every bit of that answer i love I love the idea of of actually what that looks like as a as a quote unquote missionary. To yeah. to to truly step in and and be a friend and to be a a, yeah. a humble servant of God, but actually more than anything else, to to choose friendship as the way in which we live our lives rather than going. This is our moment. This is our you know. This is forty-eight yeah. hour yeah. window. To Absolutely. that 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 shift is huge. And Also, really resonates with your earlier answers. I guess in terms of some of the shifts from you, maybe you know, however many yeah, years ago going to Zambia and, and then going to Bangladesh yeah. in, in such a different context. And, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm blown away by that answer because I just think that's, yeah, that's such a, there's such a deep maturing in that that's really evident, but also I think can help so many of us who are listening also mature in our own way as well as we think about our friendships, the way we interact with others, asking questions like, yeah. how often do we spend time with someone of another faith? How often do we spend time with someone of no yeah. faith? How many of our friends yeah. are 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 atheists who feel comfortable enough being an atheist around us. Like yeah. all of those things I think it's just so important. I I've got I, I know time is beating us. I won't feel like it on the podcast because 'cause we'll edit it, but I really have taken up way too much of your time. But I I I do want to ask you this next moment. So right now your new appointment at IHQ, uh, a very different appointment from where you've been. Yeah how much of your maturity is it going to take to to find yourself now in this place, which is so different to the last sort of 18 years or so for for you guys and, and and as a family, what what does this next season of maturity and service look like as you step into this new role, which will be very different?
1: That's a good question. One I've struggled with a little bit, but mm. I'm starting to see that actually for me, um, maybe it is about using the experiences that I have to amplify the voices of other people. Mm. Um, so so I think you know kind of standing up for the underdog if you Mm. like in a situation that I find myself in now I I think um, you know I I hesitate to use the word but power blindness Mm. is uh, is often an issue between western and non-western cultures between Mm. developing and developed cultures Mm. so I think Maybe just having a little bit of a foot in both camps mm. and maybe being again maybe bring another perspective um yeah and amplifying the voices of maybe those that that um that you know that're not able to be heard in some senses they and making sure that they voice- and and I guess the the thing is that that they do have a voice, mm. so somehow we've silenced that voice, so it's not mine to always. Um, to always give the view or to push that view yeah but it's to find ways creatively to make sure that you know those views are heard and those voices are heard yeah. and and that they come from the right place um so i think that for me and i'm already you know already having uh, those conversations i think um even about how we spend our money mm. you know the way that our organization spends it money when you spend your money you you kind of I don't know, cast a vote for the, the, the kind of world that yeah. you want. Yeah. So even organizing or as your local church, mm-hmm. at your local church, how you your choices as uh in terms of how you use your money says a lot about what your values are. And um oh yeah. That's yeah. Bad. I think those are kind of things that I'm you know trying to do at the moment, I guess. Mm. But but the other thing I would say about that Matt is that I'm trying again, this is something I've learned is that the value of what I do is not everything, because if I only value what I do, then I start to see other people and t- their value in terms of what they do. Yeah. So I think it's also for me, just about being about yeah. where I am and just living in that moment for now. And whatever that looks like, whatever will be, will be, but I don't always want to kind of make it a, a proactive kind yeah. of thing that I've yeah. got to do this, I've got to do that, I've yeah. got to do that, because then, then, uh yeah, then if I, if that value is only in what I do, then that, when we're talking about perspective, then that alters my perspective about how I see other people and their value.
0: I think we're all guilty of that. It's really easy for me to start to value everything I do as everything I am and actually, yeah. but, but not just is that bad for me, that's actually bad for everyone. 'Cause that's so important yeah. what you've said, that when you value yourself like that, what you're actually doing is inherently valuing everyone else like that. And yeah. and I think yeah. that's a really important lesson. So yeah, I think that's that's a really valuable takeaway from me anyway, is to kind of think about how I view myself and then how that impacts on other people.
1: Yeah. And then and I think just leading on for that is that, you know, if you take that approach, then then things that should be values such as justice and health and all these kind of things, they become commodities and we're in danger of doing that, uh, of making those things commodities rather than values that we hold as well.
0: Yes. So I think if we were able to learn and start to live out those lessons, we would all be maturing in service because I think if we can, if we can take that on board, I think that's an incredibly powerful thing. I am thrilled to have you back in the UK. I hope we, when all of Things do reopen. I hope we can get together and actually have a conversation in person. I'll bring the yeah, amber, you bring be the tonics. Um, but it has been a, a massive, massive privilege to get to catch up with you like this because, um, like I say, I've, I've known you in real life. I've followed the journey of you and your family over these past number of years and all the places you've been. And I, I have just been consistently blown away. You said something earlier in this episode about, you said. Uh, Matt, i'm not a great preacher i i need you to know richard i don't think i've ever heard you say a sermon but you have your life has preached to many of us because actually the way you guys have lived and the places you've gone and the lessons you've learned and the way in which you've shared those whether that's been blogging or, or on social media or in articles you've written honestly that the lessons that you guys have learned and then so graciously shared have have impacted lots of us in lots of ways and i have quoted you often um over the over these last number of years um, and the things you've you've done so um i know i speak for myself and and anyone who's listening we we wish you all the best as you guys settle back into the uk i want to say a huge thank you for being on the podcast because it's been a real pleasure to hear some of those reflections some of those experiences and uh, and who knows maybe again maybe in a few years when you've done a few years at ihq you can want to answer all the questions again and uh yeah. and then tell yeah. and, and let us know even more about what it's been i, I think that'd be fascinating <laughs> yeah. as well yeah. uh, to kind of see where that is and 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 you know it's it's the end of july it's the last one of the series but also it is a moment in the salvation army where lots of changes are happening lots of people are moving around yeah. and yeah. and for you guys you've yeah. had a really big yeah. one and for other people they might be feeling that same thing of what do i do here having been there how do i go from yeah. that to this and And I think what you've shared with us in this episode is going to be really helpful for people. So thank you, uh, Richard, for doing that. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Great, to chat. A huge thank you to Richard for joining us here on the All Terrain Podcast. And what a way to finish Series 2. Thank you to all of our guests across this whole series. We have just had a great year making the podcast. And thank you as well to everyone who listens, uh, to everyone who messages and gets in touch to tell us what you like and what's working for you. Also, we love to hear from people that you've got suggestions or if there are people you'd love to hear on the show, we would love to get those suggestions in as well. We love hearing from you. On that note, don't forget, leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share it across your social media as well. All of those things help us get the All Terrain Podcast to even more people. That is it for this episode and for this series. I will be back in September with more guests who will be facing the same four choices, answering the same four questions and sharing their wisdom learned along the way on the All Terrain Podcast.